0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Bedtime is rough,
1: even for Peanut. That's why people will try anything to fall asleep. Headstands before bed, even blowing bubbles. But Ashley has a trick that works every time a new Tempur-Pedic mattress. It adapts to your body's needs to help you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. You'll wake up feeling refreshed every day. <laughs> Even Peanut degrees. So ditch the wacky bedtime rituals. Head to Ashley to take home a Tempur-Pedic today.
0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's
0: get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Have you ever just thought to yourself, why me? Why is life so unfair? What do other people see? When they watch me walk by, when I catch my reflection, people run. Like I have a contagious infection. But it's not my mental health. I know that can be crushing. I'm talking about plaque psoriasis. Bet you didn't see that coming. I'm sick of the judgment, the discomfort and itching. The Tama Cream is the once daily steroid-free treatment I know I've been missing. Vitama to Pineroff Cream 1% is a
1: prescription topical treatment for adults with plaque psoriasis. Do not use if you're allergic to Vitama cream. The most common side effects of Vitama cream include red-raised bumps around the hair pores, pain or swelling in the nose and throat, skin rash or irritation, including itching and redness, peeling, burning or stinging, headache, itching and flu. Tell your doctor about all the medicines you take and if you're pregnant or plan to be. Ask your doctor if Vitama cream is right for you. You deserve more from your topical. To learn more, visit topicaluprising.com.
2: Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and it's Thursday. Uh, So for the Axon Bulletin on a Thursday, we are joined by JP Mason and Declan McConville. Welcome back, guys. I was just saying there, it's been a quick week, JP. Um, A quick week in the world of Celtic and everybody who has managed to watch their way through four bulletins in a row with me presenting, um, I've got to say to you, you won't have to suffer that for much longer. Some of our other hosts will be back very, very soon. So what this space i would just say to you guys between the pair of you you've travelled all over the world watching Celtic tonight's a big European game there's loads to discuss uh, you know about the lineup, about where Celtic are in terms of European stature and aspirations but before we do that let's have a wee chat about some of your away days I'll start with yourself uh, JP uh, you've travelled all over watching Celtic what kind of memories are you looking back on in preparation for tonight's game
3: Hazy uh, they're always hazy but they're, they're great fun I uh, was in Copenhagen last year so it was in the last one that we had that was you know before all this chaos started so didn't really know what was happening I still don't know if the, the beer in the parking stadium was alcoholic or non-alcoholic that, that, that is now a, I don't know a, I don't know, either. that's a debate that, that is, is going to keep on raging because nobody actually knows Um I mean, it certainly, I, I certainly felt I was pretty Stephen. Was uh, it a
2: placebo? Who knows?
3: might be. Might be. But I, I have to say, on a personal level, I'm absolutely gutted to not be in Seville right now doing this broadcast, you know, potentially from a hotel in Seville or something like that or a, or a, um, a hotel balcony or something because it it's just so annoying that we're not quite there yet in terms of, you know... Equilibrium with this uh, with this uh, virus and and yeah. travel and everything else, and I know some people have gone, and it didn't really cross my mind to go because it's it's not really a proper Celtic away trip when there's only like a smattering of fans and you've not got a proper away support, and you know you're having to sit in the home end. I sat in the home end. I sat in the home end in Anderlecht when we beat them. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do is to uh, contain my my uh, excitement at the fact that we were winning in the Champions League, (laughs) something I'd never seen before. So um, I I, I don't think I would enjoy that too much. So it's a shame, especially when it's Seville and it's, you know, somewhere that we've not been in in competitive terms since that night. Um, And, you know, I was only in Seville for about six or seven hours. So I didn't get to experience the city and, you know, Mm -hmm. and apparently it's an amazing place and I hope to see it again one day. Um, But unfortunately, it's not going to be tonight. It is
2: unfortunate, um, but it is always good to look back. I've seen quite a lot of people posting their photos on their social media pages um, showing that obviously they are on their way to the game. They won't be able to see the game, but they're soaking up the atmosphere, I'm sure, in some of the local bars. Before I ask you your thoughts, um, Lord Cthulhu... (laughs) if that's how you pronounce it, I'm sure it's not, Um, who's a long-time watcher of a Celtic state of mind, isn't doing so well at the moment and we hope that he gets well soon. I hope you're tuning in and you can enjoy the game tonight. Declan, for one so young, you have done a bit of travelling about uh, on your away days. Um, What is it about the European away days that you love? I know that there's certain people that travel for all various reasons, um, but what is it about the away days that you enjoy travelling around Europe Declan.
4: Um, I, I like city breaks and uh, going away with Celtic, you get to see places you maybe wouldn't get to see all so often. Um, my first one was to Munich in 2017 and then I kind of got the bug ever since. So since then I've been, to, I've been to Italy, I've been to Spain and I've been to Denmark. So uh, I've got a couple in the bag so far. Been some great times away. Got to see Celtic winning the Italian solo for the first time, and and whatnot. And like GP, I was in uh, Copenhagen just before COVID really struck. But uh, France in our country, sorry, sorry to any French listeners out there. I've been to France as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's always good to get away. I like city breaks, and as I say, you get to see some places you wouldn't get to see, and it's always a good atmosphere when you go anywhere away with Celtic. So yeah, it's always a good sit, and It's always enjoyable. So. I've got the European Celtic bug and like Jip, I'm, I'm gutted that you know not away uh, to Seville, but I was uh, I was in Valencia the last time we played in in Spain, probably a bit different atmosphere maybe um, to this. The Spanish police in Valencia uh, weren't too kind to us, but uh, yeah, I hope everybody that's made the trip over has a good trip. And if any of them can get tickets to the game tonight, I think that's highly unlikely, due to it. I think it's balloted at this moment in time, and there's still limited capacity in Spain. But anyway, that's made the trip all to uh, enjoy themselves.
2: Well, keep an eye out for them, Declan, because even when Celtic were locked out, locked out of Ibrox the first time back in the nineteen nineties, there were a few Celtic fans in there. So there's always where there's a will, there is a way, JP. Um, and actually, when we put that out on the on the bulletin a couple of months ago, when we were talking about the the then upcoming Ibrox clash, a few people contacted us on Facebook and says, "Ah, it was me." I was in the crowd. Unbelievable. Uh, I don't think they're willing to come on the show, but it would be a good chat if they were. But it does, it brings back the memories of Seville. Um, And, you know, you hear, obviously what happens is media types try and track down somebody who was involved in the Celtic side. oneill has been talking about it. Massive disappointment reaching our third European final, but I think that it is relevant to talk about it, um, not just because of the memories that we've got about it, but it's always uh, good to look at where we are on, on a European level um, compared to back then when we were reaching a European final. Uh, obviously, there has been a third tier of European football introduced this season. JP uh, had a good discussion yesterday with Kevin Graham who's been saying for a long time we're a Europa League club um, in terms of uh, what we can achieve on the football park. Where are you with all this? I mean, you talk about what Celtic did back in the 60s and um, into the 1970s, and it was an incredible run of campaigns that we had in European football. Uh, but if you talk to some of the old heads, they say, well, if you had spoken to us in 1965 and told us, would I won the European Cup, would have thought you were off your head? It's different now the world has changed the world of football has changed and we've been kind of priced out and edged out of the Champions League um, running but you would hope a club like Celtic should still have aspirations to be playing in the group stages of that competition JP? Uh,
3: yeah definitely I mean I just <clears throat> football just changed so much and the money that's involved in football now has meant that a club like Celtic who don't bring in anywhere near the, the revenue that other clubs bring in when you're talking Champions League, then, I, I mean, you saw what happened to us and I know we maybe went in with a bit of a gung-ho attitude with in the games against Paris Saint-Germain and Barcelona but we got absolutely scalped, you know, I mean, the, the distance between us and those clubs was never more, you know, marked than, than the results in those games. I and mean, I was in Paris the night we got beat 7-1 <laughs> and uh, it was, I, I never thought I would see Celtic with 7-1. I'm sure there's a lot of Scottish uh, fans of other clubs who were reveling in that and the fact that we were we were getting our proverbial uh, rears handed to us on a platter uh, in the park of the Prance. Given that we've done it to so many teams over here, you know, I've I've, I've seen Celtic win seven-one at Motherwell, for example. Um, mm-hmm. Arsenal scored four, um, but so to be in the receiving end of a seven-one was quite bizarre, and it didn't it didn't make me feel comfortable, and it, and it just it, it made me feel even more appreciative of the fact that I did actually see Celtic play in the European final, but I don't think it's, people think I'm talking nonsense, but I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that we could do something like that again. Um, you only need to look at last night for a success story and Jack Henry going up against uh, Mbappe, Neymar and uh, Messi in, in the Champions League. You know Who would have ever thought that Jack Henry, the much maligned Jack Henry, would, would be lining up for Club Bruges in a Champions League match so football's a strange game and uh, by the way I was really pleased for Jack Hendry that he was in that that team Let's let's
2: talk about Jack Hendry I mean in in relation JP just to the the mental strength of someone uh, in his shoes and I'm going back probably to not just the disappointment at Celtic but when he goes over to Australia and he has a terrible injury over Mm -hmm. in Australia at that point he must have been at rock bottom and you compare that to what he did last night Incredible.
3: Oh, no, a hundred percent. I didn't see the game. I've read a bit of um, blurb about it though, and apparently he held his own and was was a was a you know a, a major reason in the fact that it ended one one and not seven one. Do you know what I mean? So, in fact, the interesting was was I wonder if Jack Henry was even in or around the squad at the time that we lost seven one. You know, to to was it was he even signed? I can't remember. My my stats.
4: Uh, uh, I think he came in in the January twenty eighteen, oh, yeah. so I don't think he'd been signed by that point. Yeah, well, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, you know, bizarre,
3: you know, it's a pretty sort of stark analogy to sort of compare the fact that he was with a club that got horse seven one at the part de the and last night he was with a club that got a point of Paris Saint Germain. So mm. what a, what a progression in his in his sort of football trajectory in the last few years, and you know. It's this. not an accident, you know. It's not as if people were covering for him or anything like that. He was a starting centre half against Paris Saint Germain. He wasn't a bit part player. He wasn't, you know, brought on with five minutes to go. He was. He started that game. So, yeah. Um, but I, I, think, I think, I don't think this. I think as much as you know, football has changed. Then would maybe. I mean, you look at Villarreal. Villarreal won Europa League. I know Villarreal are a strong team in the Spanish League or a strong-ish team in the Spanish League. To look at a template like that would make you think we could do it again. And, and I know that might be sheer folly to say that, especially live on air on, on something that will be forever on YouTube. But I, I, I don't think it's, you know, to get the right, the right mix and the right magic and formula, then... I don't think it's beyond that. With, with, and with our support as well, if it's in normal times, you know, where we have that, that powerful away support, you know, you look at what the away support did at places like Blackburn and sure. and Anfield, you know, mm-hmm. there was as much a part of the the, the, the the support that believed as the team, you know. It wasn't like we were turning up to Anfield thinking we were going to get horsed. We were turning up to Anfield thinking we could get a result. Yeah, and, and,
2: You know, you've made a few points that we'll dip in and out of because this show is so fluid at the moment because there's so many reasons why um, certain things haven't been done at Celtic. So you then have to start talking about uh, the boardroom exploits and where we are in that respect. European aspirations is massive because I said to Kevin yesterday, season ticket holder, we got our first season tickets in the same season, the Hamden season, Kevin and I, although we didn't know each other and we sat in different areas of the park. Um, I asked him, what, what are Celtic's aspirations in Europe? And he didn't know. And I think that then bleeds into the engagement issue, which is a communication issue. And then you start talking about the club modernising so that there might be an occasion, JP, within our lifetimes that um, we are competing. And And the conversation yesterday went through the the process of basically asking the reason why. Because not only, right, okay, you might say winning a European trophy is a pipe dream. Let's let's say that is what a lot of people are thinking watching this show. Um well it's a pipe dream if you can't get your house in order. It's a pipe dream if you go into the qualifiers underprepared as we did again this season. I would love to have seen in the last 10 years Celtic going into these games fully prepared with the with the, the full complement of players um, so that you're not using the transfer window that you're currently in to try and assemble your team. Mm. You're doing it, the three or four transfer windows beforehand, so that when you get to that point, you are fully prepared. We weren't it's prepared like a, this season. It's
3: like a snooker move, basically. It's just, yeah. You're all thinking three steps ahead of, of where you're going to be on the, on the, on the base.
2: Well, as I say, we'll dip in and out. It's difficult sometimes to keep a rigid structure to these bulletins because there's so much happening with Celtic. And as I say, everything affects everything else. So Declan, I mean, I'm I'm a very optimistic person and I look at the, the situation where I'm looking at this group and I, I still think Celtic can qualify. I think we can qualify for the knockout stages. And some people might think I'm off my head to say that. Um, I'm the type of person that goes into tonight's game and I'm looking at how will we line up to get a result tonight. I don't think about damage limitation with Celtic. I never have done. I just think that I would never be in that frame of mind, that state of mind, to expect us to to go out and not get a result in some way, shape or form. JP makes a tremendous point. Last night, Club Bruges came up against an absolute embarrassment to Richie's. You've got a player there in Jack Kendrew who is much maligned, as he says. You know, that meme of him going for a wee wander at Hill will be shown forevermore. But we have come in contact with players like... Hendry, who's up against some of the best players in Europe last night and doing well. We have been in contact with players like Virgil van Dijk, who went on to win the European Cup, as I still call it, because I'm old-fashioned. I still call Arsenal Stadium Highbury. That's how old-fashioned I am. Um, And, you know, what it's about, it's about being able to get your recruitment, sorted, being able to work on a youth development programme that means that we are rearing our own youth, uh, not only for the benefit of Celtic, but also when the time comes to do what we did with Kieran Tierney. There's a player in Tierney whose next move, Declan, will make him the most expensive Scottish footballer in the history. Uh, you know, And that's a guy that we produced. There's a player that just a few seasons ago was playing for us. But there's, there's huge issues. And I think one of the biggest ones, Declan, is a lack of real ambition and vision uh, on the club's part in relation to European football. I mean, what what do you see being the major changes Celtic need to make, Declan, so that we can go into a game tonight not expecting uh, to win because that's complacent, but knowing that you are well enough equipped to be thinking we could get a result tonight?
4: I think, uh, firstly, to touch on last night, um, you know, a lot of us don't fight with a Champions League team, and that's we've watched the past you know we've not heard Champions League music at Celtic Parts since December 2017 and a 1-0 defeat to Anderlecht and when you tear that apart look at last night a team from Moldova an FC Sheriff beating Shakhtar Donetsk now, if you get Donetsk in any draw whether it be in Europa League Champions League whatever we'd be worried and when you start to look at clubs like that there's other clubs that you can look at models you go way back to when Ronnie Diala's Malmo side put us out to go into the competition Athens putting us out to go into the competition there, there's models in which you can really put your stamp on your team as a whole in terms of what direction you're wanting to go in and I think Celtic's problem in the past 10 years has been an obsession with domestic football and taking an eye completely off the ball in European football, and it's fine to want to win domestically, but if you can get to a standard and a level of European football, domestic football should just take care of itself because if you can go up and compete against top European sides, get your house properly in order, get your recruitment bang on, you've made numerous points, eh, Paul, about you know money that Celtic has wasted over you know the past ten years plus, and players that just haven't had the grade, but we spent good money on them. If you get your recruitment in order and be prepared, I think even if you look at you know, coming off the back of an invincible treble in twenty sixteen seventeen 2016-17 season, running at that qualifying uh, campaign of the Champions League playing near beat 20 at centre-half. So even at that point, when you'd probably say Celtic was the strongest that had been in that 10-year period, they were still short. Yeah. So unless you can really nail down your starting 11 and go in and you're adding a player to the side against Celtic's business model is to, to sell on and then reinvest in a squad, but you can do that and get your recruitment right. It's not you know, it's not too difficult to do. The the people in the boardroom, the the person that's left the boardroom and Peter was getting a good wage to do that. And, you know, they've not left anything that you could say really has put that in place to, to do. So in terms of the whole structure of the club, we're only going to be a successful European side if we put everything in order. And again, if you look at the upheaval that we've had in this transfer window,
1: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: Just looking at it on paper, trying to qualify for the Champions League was a complete, you know, miracle dream that you could have imagined. But this season, we've got a chance for the new competition in the conference that even if we don't finish in the top two in this group, we should at least be finishing third. Now, that is no disrespect to Fenich Varos, it was a side that, you know, played well when they came to Celtic Park, again, Leaving ourselves short for that game because the day after it, we announced David Turnbull. But again, another story of just wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and again, I think there's a stat that if it's 16 or 17 years that we've not won a, a tie after Christmas, uh, obviously we've won games, but not an actual time put a team out. So, you know, there is sides that we'll come up against that will just be naturally better than us. That's fine. But at times, there has been Points and places that you can look at and say well at least one or two of those teams Celtic should have got past us and you know 16, 17 years not to win after Christmas is a it's it's sad for a team like Celtic and I know people will say you know if you look through the 80s and the 90s whatever Celtic never really did anything in Europe but the game's changed there's opportunities there as we're we're coming up against sides that probably we should be beating again it's no disrespect to, to teams in Europe but in terms of the whole structural problem at Celtic that is why I don't think we're at that level to be anywhere near a Champions League side just now.
2: You know, there's there's some great points you've made um, and it, it actually goes back on a point that was brought up yesterday or the day before. And we actually had someone coming on and saying, oh, you know, you, all you've done is speak about the boards. And that wasn't the case in actual fact. I think we'd spent about 10 minutes, but I mean, there's there's been big stories in relation to the Celtic board. Therefore, we will have to speak about it. But for anyone who doesn't think it all joins up to what you actually watch in a football park, it would be remiss of us not to speak about goings-on at Celtic because if you want to build a structure within a football club that allows you to go into games like tonight uh, with some kind of chance um, of getting a result and competing at this level, then it starts from the top down. I mean, that that's obvious. There was also a very popular uh, broadcast stroke podcast going on about um, criticising Celtic fans because no other football club speaks about the board as much as Celtic fans. Well, For good reasons. I mean, you could ignore what's happening uh, behind the scenes, but we've all seen what happens if you just ignore it. You know, it never, ever ends well if you just ignore what's happening behind the scenes. But I think that if Celtic were to get their their house in order, because it hasn't been for a a number of years, um, in relation to having aspirations for the Champions League, then we could certainly be punching at our way. I don't think we're punching at our way. That's my biggest frustration. We've been talking about Seville. um, And I remember... It was after the uh, the Invincible treble, Declan, and I don't know if you were at this night, but we done a night with a uh, Grab Douglas. It was in Greenock. And uh, we do a, a thing at the end, or we did, a thing at the end where... At a half-time break, everybody would write down their questions. They would come in at the back and all the dodgy ones had to go to one side. And then uh, Rab Douglas would answer a selection of questions in the second half to the people who were there to see him. Um, and it was always good fun. And uh, Rab Douglas was asked the question about the, the Invincible team in comparison to the Civil team. And he basically got asked who would get in that side. That's what he was asked. Um, now I'm going to throw it out to you to see what, what your thoughts are on that so if you compare that civil side JP and I know that people are saying you can't compare two teams from two different eras etc, etc, etc but if I'm looking back on some teams I was fond of and I enjoyed watching the Tommy Burns side problem is a goalie, never had a decent goalie did Tommy Burns and for me the Martin O'Neill side problem is the goalkeeper personally, no disrespect to anybody who Played in goals because they were better in goals than I was, but I honestly think that was the issue with those two teams. JP, if you're looking at that Seville side, you're comparing it to the, the Invincible side, who gets in?
3: Definitely KT, 100%. I'm, I'm putting KT in that side. I mean, how could you not? Like, Kieran Tierney playing in a European final for Celtic, yeah, I, I definitely have him. Keeper possibly Craig Gordon I mean people will scoff at that but I don't know I think I think Craig Gordon at that level at that time might have been a better option than uh, than uh, Rab Douglas himself um, so I would be a bit harsh to say that to Rab Douglas in person
2: a, I certainly <laughs> I wouldn't say it to him in person no,
3: no. no I, de- I definitely wouldn't either cause... you seen the size of their hands I mean by yeah, well, candor that's all it would take I met him in a in a um, a, a shop of a petrol station in about 2000 and I don't know, two thousand and one, two thousand and two, something like that. And he, he signed my Dundee United from the game that he played that that day. And yeah, he is a massive guy. So, aye, maybe maybe edit that out. <laughs> I know that can't happen now. But uh, no, I, 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 all this comparisons of teams, like I mean, it's completely different football and times and everything else. I think start starting to pick and choose. You know that, that Seville team is is immortal for me, and that's it's, that's when I was going to you know, every single game, home and away, you know, domestically and whatever I could get to in in Europe as well. So, they, you know, you're talking Henrik Larson, Chris Sutton, Paul Lambert, Stillian Petrov, you know, these guys are undroppable. You know, you know I don't care what anybody's done in the modern era, those guys are undroppable to me. They're, they're my, sounds a bit mad to say it, but they're my lesbian lines, you know, because, you know, they're the guys that I idolised when I was a wee guy and, you know, they are to what, older guys to me or girls to me are the Lisbon Lions to, to them, you know, but they actually went one step further and won the biggest trophy on offer. Um, it, just, it was something that Declan said there about um, the obsession with domestic football, and it got me thinking about a Kevin Graham parallel universe. And I was thinking, what, what would have happened if Rangers hadn't gone under, right? Where would we be in terms of how many Champions Leagues would we have qualified for? if Rangers had still been Rangers, you know, all that time, you know, all the last 10 years, it'd be interesting to see a parallel universe where we didn't have that foothold on domestic mm. competitions and we didn't have the kind of cakewalk to a title that we did, you know, more often than not. Um, cause the, the board would have been forced into spending more money and, you know, yep. keeping, keeping up with the, keeping up with the, whatever they were spending over the city. Um, so I think that, that's that's an interesting one to think, you know, where would we be European football-wise and Champions League qualification-wise in the last 10 years without this, you know, nine in a row, mm-hmm. slap, ten in a row that didn't happen. We know that. Um, that's an interesting one.
2: It is, because then complacency sets in. You do as much as you need to do, as as we've said in the past. Um, Declan, do you want to have a go? Do you want to have a stab at that? Who gets in the civil side? Because... Um, JP's already got himself an enemy in Rab Douglas.
4: I don't know because, like, if you bring Katie into the side, you're probably dropping Alan Thompson for him. And Thompson was a big part of that team mm-hmm. that season. And actually, one of the times I spoke to Rab Douglas, even though he's a guy that it's a hard time for Seville, one of the things he said to me was, "You know, people went on my back when I kept a clean sheet at Anfield, and he would park as well." So. I think as a collective, it's it's hard to start to pick and choose. I mean, there'd be an argument maybe for Scott Brown to get into that civil team uh, for our former manager, Neil Lennon, in terms of his form in that treble season. But again, you're you're picking apart a side that together was a collective and you don't know what could happen if you, you stick, you know, that back three, uh, Mialbe, Baldy and Valharan, you don't really want to start breaking that up and even the midfield as well and Lambert, Petrov. Mm. Uh, Thompson in there, Lennon and Agat in the right-hand side. So I think it'd be very difficult to pick it apart. Certainly none of the two strikers would get dropped. But in terms of maybe form, are or uh, KT would be, be the two shoots. But I, I don't think any of the two would probably get into the team just for the fact that that, that side was so so powerful and, and dominant. And then you know, you're, you're leaving Jackie, Jackie McNamara, obviously, never staff and a leader. So he's you not know, on that team either. He is John Hartson to start. So, no, nah, I don't think anybody makes it.
2: Interesting. Uh, Big Rab said that the goalkeeper would uh, make it. That's what he said, and I'm <laughs> glad he said it. Um, but we are going to have to have a look at tonight's team because we've spoken about this inability to get yourself organised, and I know that um, it's quite an unprecedented kind of time for Celtic going into the season with the, the manner of the change, um, although. You know, we had plenty of time to, to try and, and start that change earlier than we did. You look at the January transfer window, guys, you know, we were very inactive in the January transfer window. And then we're wondering why, you know, tonight's bench is going to be probably one of the youngest benches we've had in, in, in many's a year. And we're going to look at that. So... We've asked the question who captain Celtic because yesterday we were given the bombshell that McGregor's out. Um, He's a player that I think this season has shown once again. He's one of the most important, if not the most important players at Celtic at this moment in time. Um, One of the first comments that came in today, um, uh, Alan Boyne reckons that Hart has to be the captain tonight. So let's start with Joe Hart. He's a, he's an absolute definite first pick. He's come in and he's solved a major headache for Celtic. Um, and there's certain other things. I think you can probably hear me, but there's a loose connection and, and um, we're unable to see me at the minute, but that's fine. We'll get that sorted out. So Joe Hart for captain. We'll start off with the captain. JP, would you would you go with that, Joe Hart for captain?
3: Yeah, 100%. I know the droggage, I watched only watched Saturday's... Uh... Game last night. I watched a, 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 a rerun of it last night because I was working on Saturday and I wasn't able to get to the game, which was really frustrating. Because um, missing anything at the moment after eighteen months of no game is is quite annoying. But you know, work uh, comes first, and uh, I was uh, I was occupied with work, so I missed it. But I watched it last night. So did the did the captain's armband get initially handed to Rogic, and then when Rogic went off, it went to Hart. Is that? I'm yep. i Am I thinking that right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the natural order of it would be that Rogic would start, but start with the captaincy if, if he, he starts tonight. But I would rather Rogic. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't seem like a captain to me. Um, no disrespect to him, but it's just that you know doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to you know rail everybody up, and you can't really imagine him in a huddle giving it. You know, mm. Scott Brown like pointing. You know. Yeah. whatever what Brown was saying. So I would rather it went to Hart, you know, because I think Hart has, you know, won more, experienced more, seems like the complete natural guy to be the captain when, when McGregor's not there. Um, and I know not everybody's a fan of a keeper being a captain, but I think tonight in particular, you know, with that side that's going to go out, you need the the voice coming from the back, not yeah. from the uh, back. So yeah, I, I would, and just the way that Joe Hart's been in society, I mean, he's, he's changed my opinion of him. I always just thought he was a bit of a, you know, a kind of a, a prat, really, you know, without being too offensive. Um, you know, I saw somebody shared a picture of him the other day on Twitter of of some gear he was wearing on a night out, and it was the worst. I, I don't think he was wearing it in an ironic fashion either. He was actually wearing a, a straight face. It was like polka dot, like multicolored polka dots or whatever. If it didn't, if, it, if if that turns out to be a fancy dress night out, and I've got it wrong, fine. But if that was his actual gear, then maybe my opinion of him as a prat is justified. But now, uh, the way that he's spoken, the way he's conducted himself, I'm not too sure he's taken the the massive wage cut that a lot of people say that he has. I don't think he's on, you know, as Paltry, quote unquote, wages as 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 uh, he might well be on. Um, regardless of that, I don't really care about that. It's more about how he how he speaks, and he's clearly, you know, into Celtic and into the into the the moment, and probably could have earned more money elsewhere. Um, but he's he's come up here, and, and it, it, yeah, it seems a no brainer to me. There's
2: there's two things happened here. I think that. Um, it solved two issues. There's been a real turnaround, Julie, for Celtic, in, in so far as the goalkeeper situation was was a big, big issue. And that, I think, bled into the defensive, as it naturally would, situation that we were in. Um, so that problem seems to have been solved. But uh, there's also, uh, you know, when you look at Joe Hart and where his career was going, yeah, I mean, he's, he's at Spurs, he's maybe the third choice and he's on a big wage. Everybody thinks there's worse things in, in life than that. Absolutely. But, for any footballer with ambition to play and still to achieve anything in the game, um, you know, he's really turned it round And I think that we've seen a couple of occasions where, you know, he's done the things that you you tend to take for granted when you've got a good shortstopper. Um, and... Someone like Craig Gordon, who you've mentioned before, you know some of the shots that he stopped were, were incredible for Celtic. Then we've gone through a process of trying to get that in three different goalies last season. None of them were up to the uh, up to the mark. Joe Hart's given us it, but he's also turned his own career around because it seemed to have been kind of like tapering off. Um, he's got European experience. I think tonight will be in the late 70s in terms of appearances in European football um, plenty of experience on an international level Declan it would be incredible after a handful of games if he's leading Celtic in tonight as the captain do you think that will be Antipo Postecoglou's go-to man?
4: Um, from Saturday I, I thought the natural order would have probably been you know Tom Rogic but the the more you think about it I think Joe Hart's actually also captained England as well as Man City so he's, he's taking on the the captaincy before and mm. uh, taking on the responsibility so I just don't know I think Tom Roderick I've always described him as a luxury player and sometimes he turns up for you sometimes he doesn't and if he's having a, a bit of a stinker which you know every footballer has he might not be the most uh, inspiring of figures and again I think you know a lot of the time tonight uh, we're going to have our backs to the wall a bit and I think somebody in there uh, shouting with the captain's armband watching the game and Joe Hart a uh, to organise a team especially due to how short we are is maybe what we need and you know it's testament to Joe Hart for what he's did when he's come up here a lot of players come into the league and you know like Joey Barton Shane Duffy whatnot, what just don't had it at all where he's came in if you look at his he's saving Saturday when it's 1-0 and the, mm-hmm. the header it looked as if it was just a set to go in and it's a great save and it could have changed the game but saves like that are defining points uh, and and gaining three points and some teams in your season so I think it would be uh, a reward for Joe Hart and everything that he's he's done. I know one mistake away to Alkmaar, um, but again, he made some great saves after that on the night. So I think it would be a a just reward for Joe Hart for what he's done since arriving at Celtic.
1: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: Yeah, it would be. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. We're over a 1,000 live, and uh, that's healthy on a daily basis for a Celtic state of mind to go out on various platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, YouTube. Um, And thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the chat as well. If you're watching on YouTube, get involved by subscribing, hit the notification bell, like the video, um, and drown out all the noise from... Uh, fans of other teams who come on to try and disrupt the progress of the broadcast by giving us a thumbs down before we even start and all that kind of stuff. If you do subscribe, you're in for monthly prizes, and monthly giveaways, um, music-related, Celtic-related, everything we can get our hands on, we will give it away. Signed memorabilia, signed tops, framed things like this, the Three Kings, They're sent up by Johnny Owen himself, big Celtic fan, Johnny. And he sent us a few of these posters up. We've had them framed, we'll give them away. So get subscribing on that channel. Let's have a wee chat then, JP, about the, the defensive situation. That was the biggest worry when we went into the game against Michelin, did both games. And uh, we've got issues again tonight. Uh, this is mainly down to injury. Ralston's back. How do you line up? I mean, do you start, as we did, at Ibrox? um do you bring Montgomery in at left back there's a few different things that we could uh, we could do this evening what do you think Poster Coglu will do with the back four uh
3: it would, i guess well we were all kind of speculating well we were me and you speculating last week that William Scales might have started on saturday against ross county and he didn't um so i, I don't know where he's at in terms of fitness because he wasn't even he wasn't in the bench on saturday is that right? Mm-hmm. He's not in yeah, a squad yet at all. Um, which is, you know, whatever. I don't know why. I don't know what the reason is. But I mean, he's he's obviously fit because he was playing for Shamrock Rovers well yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if you know he's not he's not played football for ages or anything like that. So I, I, I would like to think that he would be considered or an option for tonight if he's a, if if he's available and um, there's not any you know. COVID. God forbid there's any sort of COVID problems with him. But I mean, he was doing interviews and stuff like that. Did Kev not interview him? Kev Um, it was, yeah. So, you know, I I don't know why he's not. Maybe somebody does know. I'm sure there'll be somebody somewhere that knows. There's
2: a couple though, JP, like that, near Beaton. The aforementioned Mm, near Beaton's not been in squads.
4: I think he's injured. I Mm. I, I heard that from from somewhere. Costa Coglu did say there was three or four that were around about the same
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, when he was talking about Yucamakis, I've been yeah. pulled up for my um, pronunciation of Yucamakis because I keep calling him Giacamakis. So I yeah. uh, uh, do take the feedback. There you go. Um Yeah, he was talking about Yucamakis, and he says there was two or three at the same level, wasn't
3: he? Yeah, yeah. I would, oh, I would go with Juranovic. I wouldn't. I, I don't. I'm not into this playing Juranovic at left back. um Pat, I would rather have either Montgomery. Because I thought he looked all right on Saturday um, yes. when he came up. Um, I know that's against Ross County and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I still think he looks he looks um, composed enough and confident enough. And what a boost to his confidence that would be playing him tonight. Um, so there's him, there are scales. I would rather see either of them play than Jurano, Juranovic at left back. I would, I would, you know, continue with Juranovic played on Saturday. Yeah, he made a couple of, like, you know, you know, mis- not mistakes, but you know it was a couple of moments where he didn't look maybe as clever as he should have. But I would, I would play Juranovic tonight because he played in a win inside on Saturday. So why would you just mm-hmm. drop the guy? You know, because ralston has been out. You know, so uh, play Uranovic and then obviously centre half. I thought uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers looked the distribution of his passing was the thing that impressed me most. I know he's a big guy and it's good to have a bit of physicality and. In the defence, for once, because we've, we've had that for a long, long time. But I really thought he was, he was, he was good on the ball, and his passing was, was, was confident and quite crisp, and mm. always kind a man. Didn't he look flustered. He's got a relationship with Hart as well from Spurs. Um, so you know that, that that would be a no-brainer. And uh, and and Starfield again, you know, didn't put. I, I foot wrong, I don't think, either. Um, yeah. Again, I know it's the, the opposition and everything else, but you need to give these guys games together to to build a rapport.
2: You know, you're talking about the opposition, and again, we keep saying it, it is no disrespect, but we, we were dominant in Scottish football for nine seasons on the bounce. And you're going into a lot of these games against clubs that probably end up in the bottom four or five uh, season in, season out. JP, yet we still weren't given enough game time to younger players like Montgomery or Welsh uh, or Ralston even. I mean, Ralston, if you look at his game time over a period of five years, was minimal. You know, he hadn't played a lot of games. I mean, he's only now, I don't even think he's played 30 games for Celtic over a five-year period. And when you're coming up against teams that, um, particularly in the latter half of the season, who I'm not saying you would expect To to win against. But if you're playing at home against Hamilton Ackies or Ross County uh, or players, uh, teams of that ilk, and I appreciate that Ross County beat us last season. I'm talking when we're dominating the Scottish game. That's when you get game time into these young players because, you know, we should not be in a position as we were last season. We were throwing Stephen Welsh into a a game against Rangers and he's only played one first team game. Uh, Dane Murray getting thrown in against Mitchelland never played a game. You know, so I think it's a good point and it's not a disrespectful point that there are opportunities uh, during a season in Scottish football where these young guys need to get game time. We'll come back to it when we look at what might be Celtic's bench tonight because you've got to find, uh, you know, fill nine jerseys on that bench. And when you look at the Europa League squad, Celtic have and with the injuries that we've had, it's going to be a very, very young and inexperienced bench. I'm going to bring up a good point IH Decorating's made uh, in relation to where we are as a club. Um, and, and it's on evenings like tonight that the innate management of the club over the last two years comes home to roost. Another high-profile game we're desperately ill prepared for. We are. I think what we can do is we can put a team on that part tonight and it'll be a strong team. And and you know what, I might get criticised or I might look back on this tomorrow and say, that was a daft thing to say, I think we can put a team on the park tonight that can get a result. But if anything happens during that 90 minutes, and we've seen it time after time, and t- after time, you know, a, a beat on sending off or somebody pulling up injured – we don't have that depth of squad on the bench. On on tonight of all nights, the opening game of our group stage in Europe, just like the opening game of our European campaign, ill-prepared. So, yeah, it is a good point. Not to put a negative slant on things because I'm looking forward to tonight's game. What are you doing in the in the defence? Because I'm more inclined, looking at the team that I've I've written down here, I, I would actually bring back Tony Ralston and as much as I hate playing players out of position, there's a reason behind this when you look at the midfield, because I would start Montgomery, but I wouldn't start him at left-back. Mm. I'd put Juranovic at left-back, and I would play with um, Starfelt and Carter Vickers in, in the centre uh, of defence. Declan, how are you lining up your defence, mate?
4: Yeah, I totally agree with that, Paul. As a back-forward, the only reason I wouldn't play um, Montgomery at left-back, actually I've watched started start at left-back on Saturday, is... Um, because I think we're going to need to play him in the the, the left wing because we're so short, and we're going to need to switch Jota out to the right-hand side. He said that he can play across any position in the front three. Again, I'm not a fan of wanting to play players out of position, but we don't have a right winger for this game, and we're going to need to move Jota over there, meaning that we're going to need a left winger. We don't have a left winger for this game, so we're going to need to play Montgomery up on that side. So, the two full backs as much as I would prefer you know Juranovic to be in his natural position and you are to be in his natural position we are desperately short up front tonight um, so that's the back four and that's the reason why I would go with Juranovic um, out of position at left back and Ralston back into the team
2: That's my thinking JP because I'm I'm looking at uh, the the wide areas and on the right hand side we've got Abada who's out uh, for religious reasons we've got Forrest who's not yet fit we got a bad injury to Young Dembele, which is really frustrating for everybody because I think we, you know, this is a season that we probably didn't expect to have him by this stage because his career stagnated under Neil Lennon, absolutely without a doubt, as did a few other players. Uh, but then during the preseason, you know, we got a wee get a, a glimpse of what Dembele could do, and then he gets that terrible ankle injury. So yeah, we're ha- probably having to play Yota. On the right-hand side, of course, the other option would be you play Juranovic um, there because he can play on the right-hand side a wee bit further up the park. He's done it before and you play Montgomery on the left, uh, left-back area. With um, On the left-hand side, for me, I, I would play Montgomery. Then you're looking at who plays your number 10. And um, again, I'm going to throw mine out there. I'm going to start with Tom Roderick. I know he didn't play particularly well against Ross County, but I think that was a lot of that was down just to uh fatigue, you know, the travelling around with international games, etc. And I would start with Roderick. I wouldn't expect him to finish the game. So that that would be uh where I would where I would be playing him. And then my midfield too, which again is another big question because McGregor is out, and we spoke yesterday about this. I know it's not it's not uh, ideal, but I, I would give Jamie McCarthy's first start in a Celtic jersey. Uh, I think his experience would would certainly get him through the game. Whether or not he's fit enough to, to finish the game, I don't know. But you've got sorrow on the bench. And I would actually pay Turnbull as a, as a number eight. I'd be playing McCarthy as my number six. Um, what do you reckon? I, I mean, there's not even a question about forward because we've only got one. So, yeah, he plays up front. So, what do you reckon, J- uh, JP in terms of your midfield and your forward areas
3: well I, yeah I mean I'm glad that he scored at the weekend because I was quite vocal last Thursday saying that I thought he should start because of the, the, the order of things and I just thought if, if you know a lot of people were sort of campaigning for Yakamakis, is that the right pronunciation? Apparently so yeah. um, I normally
2: go by were... Jerry McCulloch with the intro, you know the introductory <laughs> interview and oh. I, I write it down as I say it that's what I normally do
3: uh, well, a lot of people were clamouring for him to be a uh, clamouring for him to be the this to start on Saturday, you know, um, and nobody was that fussed about a Yeti or our oh, guy's not done anything in a year, you know, he's a waste of space, blah blah blah. And I was like, yeah, well, yeah, but he's one of our strikers on our books, and as I said last week, we need you know to look after him in a way because if we just bomb him out and don't consider him for games like Ross County at home on Saturday, which by the way I did also say last week would be a good. Um, a good uh, marker of how we've progressed in a year and we, we didn't even play that well on Saturday we won 3-0 and mm-hmm. last last season we got beat did we not get beat twice after us Kenny? the cup and the league because yeah, yeah. Ah, Big Yogi came in didn't he Aye, and they beat us as well <laughs> and Yogi was even, just to a tactical genius Um, I mean I love him but he's not a tactical genius <laughs> Like it just was up against us Really, a, a
2: diversion JP sorry just while you've brought it up wouldn't he be and I know that Peter Grant's in a job at the moment don't you think he'd be a good fit for Dunfermline
3: Yogi yeah. I, I mean I I don't know what's happening there I, a lot of people didn't have much confidence in Peter Grant when he got the Dunfermline job so the fact that he's not doing that well now is is, is a shame because well, the guy's a hero to me you know he was he was my first I so he him. He, him and Paul McStay you know uh, so I you know I, I I'm sure Yogi if he wants to get a job will get a job uh, somewhere or other uh, at, at, a de- at a decent level because you know he has a good manager but he's not I don't think he tactically outmastered uh, us last season It's just I think we were we were we were at such a low ebb mm-hmm. and it was you know it was it was, it was a bad it was a sad state of affairs where we were but one 3 now on Saturday a Yeti scored that has given him. Confidence again. You could see when he scored the goals that he was, you know, it, it wasn't a get it up here to the fans or anything like that. It wasn't he wasn't doing a, you know, a Lee Griffiths and shouting at Chris Boyd in the in the, in the TV gancher or anything like that. He was just, you could tell he was just happy to have scored and, you know, celebrated with his teammates. There was a camaraderie there, and you want to take that into tonight. And thank God he scored those two goals on Saturday because we need a a confident striker tonight as he's the only one we've got. And uh, you know. If, if he gets an opportunity he needs to take it tonight you know whatever that may be because you know he, he had a chance on Saturday that he kind of scuffed if you remember that chance yeah when yeah. yep. he got put through mm-hmm. and you're thinking is that is that going to be the story of his day and then he scores an absolutely brilliant header that was a brilliant header that first goal that he scored from a Ross mm-hmm. to actually twist his neck to get the power on the head you know y- you'd be happy with that at any level so um, midfield as well, yeah, I agree with you I think, you know, it's, it's obviously going to be Roget's that starts he did kind of fade in, in the game on Saturday from from watching it back last night, so um, Turnbull's industry you'd like to think would we'd do well and, and hopefully McCarthy's fit enough to start the game I mean, that's why we signed him, that's why we mm-hmm. gave him a five-year deal, you know, we, we didn't sign him just to sort of be in and around the, the place for banter or uh, you know, we, we need them to start these type of games. Um and everybody knew that if McGregor got injured, that was a so many people have said that on so many different platforms that if McGregor was ever to get injured, we're in trouble. Yeah. So here we are, we're in trouble. We need we need somebody like him to, to step up to the plate.
2: Now your starting lineup uh, JP, you're starting with Juranovic at right back, aren't you? So what, what are you doing with the wide areas? Because we're really, really thin on the ground where we're winners at the moment.
3: I mean, hi, and we are. I mean, I, I didn't even think about that because obviously I know that Jota can play. I thought he looked good actually as well. I thought yeah. he looked lively. I know uh, it was more the first half than than the second half that he was 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 sort of in and about it. But he's got a good got a good touch. He liked his one twos, you know. Didn't hide from the ball. Wanted the ball, um, so maybe, maybe him on the on the right and uh, and switching it all about and doing doing what you're suggesting. Playing Juranovic at left like, at left back. That may it may be what he's forced to do rather than what he wants to do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is a horrible state of affairs to be in as a manager. in your first ever Europa League game, you're having to like you know basically roll the dice a little bit in in in, in your team selection. You know, I feel for the guy in that sense because he's kind of he's kind of starting this game tonight with one hand behind his back, and mm-hmm. that's not how you want a guy, especially a guy like him. You know, where you can tell he's under pressure, and and I'm sure he, you know, probably feels the weight of of, of what he's expected to do tonight, and you know, not not be, not have our pants pulled down because he'll be well aware from the players that are still there from past seasons from anybody who spoke to the club he'll be well aware, you know, that we haven't had a great time of it on the road in Europe over the last however many years. So mm-hmm. we're desperate to not add to that tonight. And I, I really hope for his sake, genuinely just really hope for his sake that that he he, he doesn't have to um consider tonight a, an addition to all those Horrible, all horrible experiences we've had away from Europe uh, in, in the last few years. I've seen a few things online
2: um, because obviously, I mean, you, you get to, to know, engage the, the feeling amongst Celtic fans on social media these days. And, you know, there has been some people is, uh, suggesting that, you know, if this is if this was their start to the season under Neil Lennon, we'd all be... Uh, up in arms about it, but you can't you can't gauge that because of the circumstances and I think one of the biggest things uh, you know, losing two of the first few games in, in, in the, the league, um, getting bounced out of the Champions League potentially tonight, you know, there, there's a potential for tonight to, to end in defeat I hope it doesn't, um, but you know, I, I just think there's there's so much goodwill in, in the, the bank for Ange Postecoglou at the moment, JP. A big part of that is we all appreciate how uh, constrained uh, that, that, that he has been in trying to do his job, you know, and actually putting on a strong a strong team on the park. He's brought in 12, he's lost 15, if you include the, the loanies, Um and we've been kind of unlucky with, it, with some of the injuries. So, you know, whatever happens tonight, I don't think it changes our view of Ange Postecoglou. One of the biggest things that I've seen um, it's like you say there when yeti was celebrating his goals. There's a togetherness that I don't. I don't think we was on show last last season. And amongst the players, all we heard about was cliques and people being unhappy at Celtic. I think that's completely evaporated. Um, and I think Ange Postecoglou has been a massive part in that as well. Um, Declan, tell me the rest of your team. How how else uh, do you think you'll line up? Because I mean it. There's only a few of them that you could you could disagree with simply because they're the only players that we've got at the moment. McCarthy perhaps for Soro would would be another option.
4: Yeah, I'm pretty much the same team as you, Paul. Already said the back four. I probably want to play McCarthy as an experienced head in midfield tonight. Is it the the six But worried about Soro at teams that can be a bit erratic and get booked early on in the game and I might kinda you know, shut him out of the game for a, a long period of time so I'd probably be more confident playing McCarthy uh, alongside Turnbull and Roderick. Again, we're we're the ground in there in terms of creative players. We don't really have anything off the bench. We need to turn to a, you know, a, a younger player. And then up front, as I say, Yotta on the right-hand side, uh, Montgomery on the left-hand side and there'll be a Yeti up front.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now, David Kelly, who comes in on a regular basis onto the show, so welcome back, David. Turnbull or Roderick cannot play tonight. Empty shirts in these games. If either play, we will be overrun. Uh, We've we've been going on about an opportunity for for a Yeti uh, tonight. I think uh, that Turnbull and Roderick simply need to play tonight and they need to turn it on tonight. There can be no empty jerseys this evening. My only concern, I guess, is when you get to that point 65-70 65-70 minutes JP and you're looking at both of those guys you know what's the likelihood of both of them finishing the game and then you're bringing on a player I guess like uh, Sorrow if he's on the bench uh, to try and see the game out um, because I, I wouldn't expect both of them to play the full 90 but I don't think there's any option David I don't think there's an option to to not pl- play those those two players Um let's have a look I've got the the European squad hit in front of me just now. Uh, when you're looking at the goalkeepers, we've got Barkas, Hart and Bain. Hart will start with the other two on the bench. Um, when you then start looking at the defenders, so obviously Julien injured, Taylor injured, Staffel will start. Scales, is he going to be on the bench? Who knows? Um, Carter Vickers will start. Urigidi will probably be on the bench. Dane Murray, you know, he's one of the players that's been playing for the B team as well. Ralston will start, Welsh will be on the bench, and Juranovic will start. Beyond that, because these are the guys with first-team experience, here's the names that we're looking at. We're looking at guys like Ben McPherson, who played in pre-season once, Matthew Anderson, Benny Jackson, Lou Dylan Core, Caleb Goldie. Now, don't pretend that you are familiar with all the the players and that's not disrespectful. But basically what it shows is you're dipping into the the kind of youth players at that stage. When you look at the midfield near Beaton supposedly injured, Kyogo is classed as a midfielder in this this group here. Abada's out, Kyogo's out, Sorrow could be on the bench, McCarthy might start. Roger Shaw, I am guessing would be on the bench. McGregor injured. Forrest injured. Henderson, I would expect to be on the bench. And beyond that, you're looking at players like Keir McEnroy, Joseph Murphy, Ben Summers, Ben Wiley, Mackenzie Kars, etc. These are guys that are, are 17, 16 uh, years of age. Rocco Vata's in there as well. Um, and then up front, we've only got one fit striker. So there's no option whatsoever. So your your younger players uh, are Owen Moffat, who is uh, 19 years of age. Brody Patterson, 20. Adam Brooks, 17 I mean, we're at that stage. We're going to see a very, very young bench tonight. I mean, there's only five players there that I'm I'm familiar with of the potential guys on the bench you are probably going to have four 17-, 18-year-olds who have never been near a first team. That's a worry, JP, isn't it?
3: It's absolutely wild, isn't it? I mean, when you were reading out those names, they think that, I mean, obviously it's great for those guys, you know, like getting to go on a trip, you know, away with Celtic and be part of that. You know, squad, and you know that experience is obviously massive for them. I remember reading about um, that. Uh, I think it was Simon Donnelly, maybe got to do something similar at one of the world at the World Cup um, mm-hmm. got to go away, and I think a at one point as well got to go away and never was never anywhere near the the, the, the playing field, but got to go away, and, and they've always cited that as a big kind of moment in their young lives as being like, well. This is what I could get to if I, if I, you know, I work my socks off. <laughs> so things like that for them as a motivation, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really help Celtic in the here and now, though, does it? It's all that's for the future. That's for them, you know. The seeds of of tonight for them will be sown, and then we'll maybe see the benefit in three, four years time. But tonight yeah. in here and now, we need we need guys to help us get a result to help us, you know, get out of this group, you know, because. You obviously it's been that bad in Europe for, for so long. That we you know, and after last season, we've got to put right our standing in Europe after last season. We've got to you know right the wrong of Sparta Prague at home and Sparta Prague away. You know, oh, yeah. those, those those two games embarrassed me as a Celtic fan, and you know were horrible to to watch, uh, especially as the fact that we weren't even there. Um, but, you know we need, we need we need something to 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 pick us up from that and 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 just yeah just regain a bit of standing because i'd like to think we have got a good reputation as a club in europe but it's taken a hell of a batter in in, in recent times and none more so than than last season so uh,
2: by the way you know reading through their names absolutely no disrespect to those players but i'll give you an example 1970 european Cup final against fire the entire reserve side was taken along by Joachim. The entire squad. They'd won a treble, and the two players who were um, given the the job of carrying the hampers, which, by the way, w- was something that they'd done with pride, was Kenny Dalglish and Danny McGrain. They carried the hampers. The rest of them, it was a holiday. So you're talking about guys like Jimmy Quinn and John Gorman, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Dalglish and, and McGrane carried the hampers now that's fantastic experience like you say you're looking at a team in a European level and how they prepare and you know through watching that you know you, you then get that experience and you know what to expect in three or four years time when maybe it's sure that they call upon uh, to represent the club under these circumstances you know you're taking along players and everybody on that bench might get some kind of game time if somebody gets injured because we're so thin on the ground. Um, and if they do, you just hope that they do well because you want them to develop as uh, players at Celtic. Now, Joseph McGonagall, Moffat, absolutely. Denny Boy, Moffat, Owen Moffat looked brilliant in pre-season from what I've seen. He's done really, really well. He's one yeah. of the players, Declan, who looks too good for that level that he's playing at yeah. at the moment with the Colts. Um, if he gets a a game tonight, brilliant for his confidence brilliant for his development, but here's a, a final wee point um, by Durban Urban Kulshay. so welcome back flight ticket for Bolo. isn't it incredible that we've got a player in, in, in I almost called him Basil Bolly there, we've got a player in Bolly Bolly and Golly, who isn't even in the squad, yet uh, we're talking about playing players with a position, um, just to cover that left back row, which shows you how far he's fallen in the pecking order Declan
4: yeah, it's incredible. I mean if you can't think of the amount of money that we actually spent on him eh, from Rapid Vienna only was that two years ago now, twenty nineteen or twenty nineteen. And he's just after obviously last year's debacle, he's just completely shut out. I mean, you did see him appear on a couple of benches at times, but he's obviously not part of the makeup at all and Again, it's a horrible situation again because he's probably in decent money at Celtic but he's obviously just not part of the manager's plans and he knows he can't trust him from, from what's been on before but it is incredible. I think one player possibly missing it you maybe read out Paul was Mickey Johnson who was spotted in training yesterday. Um, Again, I don't know where he's at fitness-wise but again, it's probably could possibly be the make or break season for him because this is his yeah. big chance. I keep saying that every time but you know, we've been seeing that for I think he first broke into the team in about twenty seventeen. So he's still not really made a big enough impact for me as of yet. But uh, it'd be nice to see him back in the bench tonight.
2: Well, it would. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware actually. I hadn't seen that Declan. But when you look at Mikey Johnson, um, he's twenty two years of age. So he's the same age as Yota and David Turnbull. You still think of him as a, a kind of younger player, but uh, that's because he's been in and around the side. But you're right. I think if it's now or never never. For a player like like Mikey, I was looking at last season's uh, group stages and who qualified. JP, um, and other than one group, you, if you got ten points, you get through. Uh, that was that's based on last seasons. Do you think Celtic are capable of getting ten points in this group?
3: Jesus, oh, I mean, who knows? I mean, I I I just it depends on the on the, on the rub of the green and the, how we fare with. I th- I think a, a fully fit Celtic team. You know I mean I'm talking like everybody fit you know in their positions where they should be playing and all that. I think we, we, we could have a go at it and you know be in a, in a, certainly be in the conversation for uh, for second place. but uh, the, the way things are and the way that we're starting off, we're starting off with one hand behind their back tonight and that's not the way you want to start a European campaign. Uh, especially away from home as well. If, if we were at home, at least you've got the tonight. At least you've got the momentum of the crowd to to really, you know, get behind any young boy that has to come on and pick up a jersey. If someone was to get injured or, or you know, if we had to reshuffle for a red card, God forbid, nobody can get red carded tonight. I mean, it just has everybody's discipline has to be spot on tonight. You know, I, you know, it goes without saying. But I think yeah, away from home in Spain. Uh, it's, it's it's a big ask. It's a big ask. I, I think we, it's the old adage: just take take it one game at a time and see we we'll see where we're see where we're at in, in December.
2: What's your thoughts, Dick? Ten points too big an ask.
4: Um, again, you will be looking at Ferenc Varos and hoping that you can try and get maximum points against them but it's going to be tough going to Hungary as well it's not a a stick-on to go over there and win Um, you'd like to think that we would give Betis and Leverkusen a good go at Celtic Park uh, but but the fans again behind us Um, but I think what, what JP said there it's one game at a time where you're at tonight we're starting with a squad that is absolutely decimated in terms of what we've got there you know but there's still the worry of COVID through these months coming back from still two international breaks to come back from as well Um, And in saying that, it didn't seem to affect Sparta Prague, a COVID outbreak last year when they played us and gubbed us forward one. So um, sometimes it can have its benefits playing young players and giving them a chance, like that Sparta Prague team last year. But uh, yeah, I think Europe this year is just one game at a time. See where you're at each, each time with your squad and just go into the game with the most positive mindset. But I think something I would like to see Celtic do tonight is is continue to play our, our brand of football that we've been playing under Postacoglu I don't want us to go here uh, to Seville tonight and just sit back and be under the cosh for the whole game um, the Alkmaar game was not a nice experience I said on here before that game if we get an injury we'd be in trouble and we did and we, we were in trouble for long spells of that game but uh, I'd like to us just to at least go to bed as try and be positive as, as we can be and try and play our own brand of football but I think probably everybody if we've got a choice between getting a result here or our Livingston and Cindy, everybody's taking the result in the plastic. So um positive result will do tonight and a positive performance.
2: Brilliant. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you again. Declan and JP, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll be back tonight, quarter past five, for the half-hour pre-match uh, preview, uh, and we'll be back at halftime. And at full time, you'll see appearances tonight from Colin Watt, Kevin Graham, myself, and Amy Canavan. Uh, so tune in if you can. Thank you all for joining us on a Celtic statement. <laughs>